You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome back to Rebel Sells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the season two Bad Batch episodes, The Clone Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences. Uh, I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilots, we've got the altitudinous Kyle Avery. How's it going, everybody? Uh, And uh, and of course, the, the illustrious Joe Hogan. Out of all the things I've been called in my life, that was definitely one of them. <laughs> uh, and we're it's a double episode. We're uh, yeah. we're it's a it's a double bad batch, uh, and uh, but it's actually only a single bad batch. But mm. uh, but it's two episodes of bad batch. But only one of them has the bad batch in it. I uh, but that first one. The Clone Conspiracy is just a straight up episode of the Clone Wars. I uh, so no complaints here. Obviously, <laughs> I uh, yeah, man. I, the show seems to be back in form, uh, in 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 proper form. Um, I know we've been a little bit kind of, um, not. I mean, like not even. I I we haven't been down on the show. I don't think, but we've just been a little bit kind of flat the last little while. Uh, last week's episode tribe was, was a great one, um, that we had a lot of fun with and there was a lot of cool stuff to talk about, but this, this week we're getting into it. This feels like uh, clone conspiracy feels like a sequel to the fives stuff from, uh, mm-hmm. uh um, season five of clone or season six of clone wars, the, the lost missions. Um, the first time we thought it was the end of the series. Or the second time we thought it was the end of the series? I don't remember. I guess it got canceled from Cartoon Network, and we were like, are we going to get more? And then Netflix was like, we're going to put out one more season. And then that happened, and then it was a very long time, and then all of a sudden they're like, by the way, we're going to do one more season of Clone Wars. It's not at all a secret pilot for the Bad Batch, which is us (laughs) just doing more seasons of the Clone Wars. Um that's absolutely what has happened. I, I, yeah. I mean, these episodes both pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> good, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, no, no complaints here. Um, how about you guys? What, what, what did you think, Joe? Oh man. I was, uh, I was pretty thrilled. It, it was not what I was expecting, but I was still very, 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 pleasantly surprised um was surprised that bad batch was not in that first episode mm-hmm. was not disappointed that they were not in that episode which i don't know i i it's it's a it's a strange thing that these star wars shows have no problem just not having the the main characters in entire episodes of of <laughs> their shows but at the same time, if you're going to tell a good story that's going to advance the plot and uh, do interesting things, cool. No problem. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, Kyle, how about you? Yeah, I freaking loved it. Um, these are easily <laughs> my two favorite episodes of Bad Batch, and um, yeah, I mean, like we'll ever? get more into we'll get more into specifics and stuff. But like, it, I think for me, this really scratched an itch that Clone Wars rarely hit, which was like showing big events taking place. And then showing aftermath of those events and showing people discussing them and showing like how it affects the larger galaxy. Um, Cause Clone Wars was so focused on like its individual story arcs and, you know, you'd be, you'd have a big battle go down on one planet, but then, you know, next thing you know, you're jumping over to Darth Maul, taking over Mandalore. And, you know, it was very much sort of just these isolated stories. Um, and like you said, Joe, I mean, you know, we had kind of speculated about what these episodes might be and, you know, more about the the clones kind of going disillusioned with the Empire and maybe leading to some sort of clone rebellion or something like that. But I wasn't expecting to get, you know, full-blown Senate sessions investigating what happened to Camino <laughs> and stuff. But then thinking back on like, oh, yeah, that was like a big thing that happened at the end of season two and or at the end of season one. And while it seems easy to go like, oh, yeah, OK, the Empire just kind of swept it under the rug and we're not really going to address it again. It's like when you think about it, it's like, yeah, I mean, the clones are still a, a big thing and people would wonder like, hey, yeah, what happened to Camino and why aren't we making more clones? And um, so to just really dive into like, how do the the people in the rest of the galaxy see this? How does the Senate see this? Mm-hmm. Um and just dive into, you know, these these conflicting viewpoints and, and all the, the political stuff behind it and everything was just, oh, it was so good. So good. Yeah, it was, it definitely had a bit of the, uh, uh, a bit more of the prequel vibes. Um, yeah. In in the best way possible, right? Like, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it, it was, I mean, I <laughs> that's so, such a funny thing to say because, most people when they talk about the prequels are like oh the politics is so slow and boring and i'm like i don't know kind of feels like the meat of the story to me (laughs) kind of feels like like you have the 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 parallel story happening of palpatine taking over the galaxy and anakin falling to the dark side and it's the places where those two stories intersect that we like sort of come into into like viewing it right like that's that's the that's the whole point of it and so you know like an an episode or a couple of episodes like this but mostly i'm i'm thinking of the clone conspiracy um it's it's like this is this is what the prequels did better than any of the other star wars right i mean like think about with the sequel trilogy how many times we're like Okay, but like, but like, guys, but like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how is the First Order taking over? And they're like, just don't think about it. And I, and you know me, I'm a proponent of like, don't worry too much about the details. Don't sweat the details. Unless those details are like stopping you from being able to like understand what's happening in the story. And that happens a lot in the sequels. And like, but we flip it. And with the prequels, it's almost like, for most of the audience, I think they focus on it a little bit too much. I think the great thing about the Clone Wars and about an episode like Clone Conspiracy is that like we split the difference real nice. Um, it's a really, really good balance. And I think the fact that it's not George just kind of going ham and doing the thing that he wants to do, but it is others looking at what George would do and uh, and sort of, you know, taking it from there. Um so like the political stuff 
feels a lot like the Phantom Menace uh, in both of these episodes. And it's really, really well done. It's 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 great, totally on point. Um, and there's some actually some really, really interesting canon changes in in uh, I think it's in the second episode. But uh, there, there's some some really interesting changes that they make to the political landscape in the uh, early Empire era, um, like post Clone Wars. That's uh, that's much more reflective of the real world that we live in now. So. I yeah like there's it's it's really really good political drama and then they're like oh also also we blew up a star destroyer in in dry dock like also that (laughs) like I and launched you know I I escape pods in atmosphere and, uh, and all that sort of thing so it's like they 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 balanced it out really really well I think in terms of giving us all of the important political information, but also like stopping and going like, yeah, but there's also this sniper. Um, and, you know, like having us, us have a little bit of adventure and excitement alongside the, uh, the, the political intrigue, which yeah. even like early Clone Wars stuff, I don't think was as good at that as, as these two episodes are. The balance is just, it's just perfect, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think it's its the balance of the political drama and the action, but also having both be really compelling. Because, mm. I mean, you had episodes of Clone Wars where, like, the political drama was them arguing about, like, uh, interest rates on banking loans. And then the action <laughs> was Padme getting chased through the streets of Coruscant on a speeder bike by a fish bounty hunter. And it was like, I don't particularly care that much about either of those things. In fact, I, I kind of always say this, that the, like my favorite political episodes of Clone Wars are the Mandalore stuff, because as much as we just think like, Oh, you know, Mandalorians and Maul and Darksaber, like there is a lot of political intrigue in those episodes as well, as far as, you know, the power yeah. struggle of who's going to be prime minister and, you know, does the Senate believe what's going on on Mandalore and them trying to stay neutral and all this. Like there's a lot of political stuff in that, um, that helps build the story. But yeah, obviously, you know, the main attraction is just Mandalorians fighting, but like that stuff really goes hand in hand. Um, but yeah, as far as like scene or like episodes with a lot of sort of intensive drawn out, like Senate scenes discussing, you know, negotiations and, and politics and treaties and stuff. Like, I think this was by far the most interesting stuff that they've done in animation and some of the best stuff that we've ever seen in star Wars, just in terms of like how, you know, the, the Senate scenes go and the, um, just keeping that political drama like fresh and interesting and easy to follow. Like you have clearly defined objectives on both sides and you get why they're fighting for the things they're fighting for. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, you combine that with the bad batch, you know, trying to infiltrate a star destroyer in dry dock. And uh, you know, it was a cool little stealth mission that they went on there. Um, and throwing in some of the other stuff, like the the clone assassin that's working for Rampart and, uh, you know, of course, Rex showing up to save Senator Chuchi. And I mean, she gets some great moments in this as well, um, you know, bringing back, a, I think, sort of a fan favorite minor character from Clone Wars and um, making her even more likable as this like advocate for the clones that as the Empire is trying to phase them out, she's like, hey, let's make sure these guys get you know, healthcare and jobs and benefits and all this kind of stuff. And like you said, I mean, it really had some real world parallels to, um, you know, how you look at like our government taking care of veterans and stuff like that. Um, But it was one of those things that, you know, like you said, Joe, it was an unexpected direction for the story. I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that we would get an episode that, you know, tackled these topics, but it was 
both very like timely from a real world perspective, but also one of those things that like, oh yeah, when you think about it, this makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad they gave us this story because like I never would have thought to, you know, go this deep into it. But um I just thought it it, it enriched, you know, these stories in this time period so much more than uh, you know, what we've seen before. Yeah, I love that this all kind of turned into a 4D chess move by Palpatine. Really did not see that coming. I didn't see him showing up in the 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 Imperial Senate session. I thought that was really amazing. Um, a lot of little things, like a lot of little things they set up for later, which was interesting. Because like the garage was the Martez sister garage from, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? Was it 1313? Is that the level that they were on? Yeah. Um, like a lot of little things that like, ooh, this is going to be important later. Obviously, some bigger things like that clone assassin and, and you know, the, the obvious one at the very, very end. I don't know if we're getting into that yet. But yeah, I, I also really like that uh, Senator Chuchi is a real is, is, is an in-universe clone fangirl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, uh, made me very happy. I was like, oh, good. Someone in in that galaxy likes clones as much as I do. It's awesome. It's I, I, I like that they used her because of her proximity to um to the story of Padme, um, both in the sense that like she is she's this young senator. I like like so if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you probably know that Trespass is my favorite episode of the Clone Wars. So having Chuchi come back in the in the first place is is great. Um, but her story starting in that as like this young senator that's like, you know, trying to figure things out and, and, and uh, learning the ropes. And then there are other episodes later on. We see her with Padme quite a bit, actually, um, even if she's not like a, a, a character with an actual role to play in an episode. There are a handful of times where she shows up like in the background where she's been like clearly hanging out with Padme. Um so she's kind of taken up a lot of those similar types of causes, obviously, um, in Padme's absence, which I think is really cool to see, like, the legacy of that character lives on through the people that she influenced, right? Um, and, and yeah, I, I just, like, like getting into the, into the clone stuff and, and um, spending time with them post-Clone Wars and seeing what they how they all feel about it. Cause we kind of got like in season one in that for, in the premiere episodes, we kind of got the sense that like the regs were almost like their minds were almost like wiped um, by, by order 66. But then we're starting to see that. Like, I think like my read on it is that they um, order 66 is like, cause as we know from the clone wars, uh, when uh, when when at in that previous storyline, the storyline with fives, right? When I can't remember the 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 clone that goes that his chip goes off early, but um, uh, tough, tough, yeah. I it kind of like takes over, right? And I think my read on it, my interpretation is that that's what happens. Like it takes over your brain, and it takes a little while for it to wear off. And what's happening is that now. Like what we saw with with Wilco, what we saw last season with Hauser and a few of the other clones. It's like, and but it's not. There's not like an exact science to it because it's in the brain, right? So some of them are waking up f- sooner than others, 
and 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 a lot of that i think is having to do with like their experiences both their their past and and their current experiences of like but like we were there we saw what they did to camino like we were on that ship and they want us to lie about it and it's 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 this line of like good soldiers follow orders their orders are to like like they've been programmed to be loyal to the republic and the things that are happening are treasonous right and they're being asked not like the things that rampart has been tasked with doing are treasonous things and he's going about it in a very treasonous way at the behest of the emperor <laughs> by a tarkin right but like um but very obviously like the clones are starting to have conflict with that and so it's almost like fighting against they have they have two sets of programming in their brains that are fighting each other, and it's a matter of which one wins out first, right? Mm. Um, and then and then like the 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 uh, the Palpatine aspect of it. See, I knew Palpatine was going to show up when in I think it was in the first episode they made a point of saying that he never shows up. I was like, <laughs> that's the hint. Yeah, so he's showing like that's the that's the Chekhov's gun that they're setting up that like he shows up at the end of these two episodes. Um, what he shows up and does, I was like, classic, classic Palpy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he just he rolls in and he's like, "This is such a tragedy, and I hate to have to do this to you guys again, <laughs> but I really think in order to keep everybody safe." that you should just let me shoot people if I feel like it. Uh, like, not you guys, obviously, because you guys don't have any... This is, the, this is where it starts to sound like a Republican, right? It's like, I, I, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then what do you have to worry about? And it's like, hmm. um, totalitarian fascist regimes tend to come after everybody sooner or later. I, but, but that's fine. I... And yeah, like having Chuchi be one of the senators that's spearheading this this initiative for the clones is also interesting because she is a non-human. Uh, she's she's you know she got blue skin. She's not standard, and we know that by the time we hit the original trilogy, that uh, there's a lot of white dudes with the same accent <laughs> hanging around <laughs> in the Empire. And and obviously some of that has been retconned with characters like Ray Sloan and stuff, but but even then the vast majority of characters in the Empire are are white men. They are certainly all human, right? Like like Thrawn was exceptional in that regard, and that he was not a human, and so we're sort of like it feels like we're kind of inching more and more towards that. And characters like like Chuchi are are kind of like in the crosshairs, I think, to a certain degree, uh, for the things that they're standing for, and also just for being other, right? Because that's like that's I think what what I really hope that Bad Batch has the guts to go there, but I don't know if they will. It's a great opportunity because because this is what genre storytelling allows us to do, right? We can say racism without saying white supremacy right because we can we can just have humans persecuting non-humans which we know from the expanded universe like that's the way that this goes that's that's Mm -hmm. the way that everything starts to trend if you're a non-human 
your voice is less and less meaningful in the Imperial Senate until the point where he dissolves the Senate and it is just a straight up empire. Like it's just a totally fascist uh, military uh, uh, dictatorship. Right. Um, so, so yeah, like I, 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 I see that character sort of running around making all of these bold proclamations and going like, mm, you don't understand how bad this actually is guys. Nobody does except for i think at the moment the bad batch and i think that's that's why it's important that um that that omega is present for these proceedings that she witnesses some of this stuff firsthand because she is our audience character right she's the one learning all of this stuff as we learn it and she can go back and be like this is this is the world like this is what's happening and these people don't understand they don't realize that like the rampart was doing this stuff. like they threw him under the bus why did they do that right like they're gonna i think they're gonna question that everybody else is gonna take palpatine's word for it sort of thing right like like they're gonna go like oh well obviously he went rogue and uh, uh others like some of the clones and and the bad batch i think are gonna be like this is this doesn't add up. Like he's got he has access to way too many resources for Palpatine and Tarkin to not know what he was up to. So what's really going on here? And they're gonna start to um if they if they link up with more Jedi at some point, I think that they might start to get a little bit more of the like, oh no, he's that Sith Lord that the Jedi were worried about, like Dooku. Right. Like, I, I, like that's like the, he was the one pulling the strings ultimately, but I love it. Cause I, I think that he absolutely engineered all of this. The second that things started going South, like the second that, they, that, that, um, so I always like to think that like Palpatine, it's not necessarily that he planned it all out 20 years in advance. He's just very good at seeing all of the angles and then knowing, like having the judgment of like, okay, it's time to burn him now. Like he's done. Mm. Rampart has had like, like all of my predictions pretty much for this season are out the window because I thought that Rampart was going to be like at least to the end of this season, if not, the overall bad guy for bad batch like that we'd be dealing with him for a while. Um, that still might be the case. We'll have to wait and see if he shows back up and if it's just sort of like a classified sort of thing. But I, uh, but, but yeah, for him to just be like, huh, actually, you know what? If I just put this all on rampart now, I still accomplish the same thing. I still get the same outcome, which is my stormtroopers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which the purpose of the stormtrooper program, as opposed to the clones, is that now we're enlisting people from throughout the galaxy, and we're increasing the suffering, which is the point, right? Like, yeah, it's both the point and- of like maintaining power, but it's also the point of the dark side is like the more suffering there is, the more powerful Palpatine becomes, right? Because the yeah. dark side, like the balance continues to tilt in his favor and the dark side gets stronger and the light side gets weaker. 
until the galaxy balances it out, right? Yeah. But then, you know, on top of that, you have, you know, they're they're going with stormtroopers just to, it's like, why continue to put all this money into cloning these loyal soldiers who are eventually yeah. going to start questioning orders when you have, you know, willing conscripts from all around the galaxy that believe in the cause of the Empire and are like, hey, I'll step up and fight for that or, you know, and just do what they're told. Whereas, you know, the clones who are supposed to be the ones that take orders without question are now finally starting to realize like, hey, maybe we're not on the right side anymore. Yeah, I think there's also the component of the Death Star that you have to to factor into it. Not just the Death Star, but all of the super weapons and the the Tie Defender project and all of these things, where you see, you know, the Super Star Destroyer. Like, like the Empire puts a lot of faith in in the tech, right? And that's like I think like that's sort of the Tarkin side of it, right? Because we get that conflict between vader and 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 that side where he's like don't be too proud of this technological terror right um but they they start to replace the um effectiveness of the clones with the the threat of the technology of star destroyers and walkers and tanks and and eventually knowing like palpatine knows like well we're gonna have the death star and when we have the death star and we have the ability to destroy a planet no one will ever step out of line like that's that's his thought process is like this thing is going to be this will secure my my rule forever because who would ever uh, stand up against a battle station the size of a moon like that's like it would take the entire galaxy coming together and they could never right like so like and that's his arrogance that's his overconfidence right mm-hmm. uh, which goes hand in hand with the dark side so I think that that you've also got that component of it where it's like well we don't need these clone soldiers which are a precision surgical instrument right like the clone troopers are you're you're talking about millions of Django Fets to go in and get the job done, and that's what they do. And they are the best at that job to the extent that like the Bad Batch is still out there, and these four guys and uh, and this little kid are making you know life hell for a lot of people uh, just by being around. Or even like I don't know a single guy like Rex who is able to just ruin everybody's day in the empire Mm -hmm. if he if he's on the case right so like that's what we're talking about with the clone troopers like you say kyle it's like there's the expense of maintaining that army it's 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 ridiculous it's unsustainable but we know what happens with the stormtroopers they're defeated by the ewoks no matter how much technology they have like they don't have the fighting spirit that the ewoks do uh, and so they lose, right? Because they're not fighting. They're fighting for an empire and not for their home, right? That's the lesson there, right? That's always been the lesson there because that's the yeah. that's the Vietnam allegory in that, right? It's like, well, you'll never you'll never beat them because you can't. Like you 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 can't crush that spirit. It will overcome you eventually, um, no matter how big your imperialist war machine is. Uh, uh, you'll never you'll never actually be able to snuff it out. You might think that you've won, but you haven't. So the clone troopers are, are different. Like the clone troopers 
I think one of the reasons why they're as effective as they are is because they fight for each other, right? Like they fight for the guy standing next to them. Um, and, and they defend the Republic because the Republic stands for something. And then the empire, what does the empire stand for? Nothing. So it was never going to work. Right. But, but they, uh, they were definitely useful for a time. So they're, they're, they are the more effective army than the stormtroopers. I don't think that that's even up for debate. Right. We know that, but, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a lot easier to manipulate the minds of the masses with the stormtroopers than it is with the clones who are there's like a built-in solidarity with the clones just by the very nature of their existence they are all the same dude so when you hurt one of them you hurt all of them and eventually that will come back to bite you right so um yeah and that's where we're heading it's very clearly where we're heading a a clone trooper rebellion is going to happen um and it's it'll it'll be interesting to see what scale it happens on and how much of the galaxy is aware that it ends up happening. I think it'll mostly just end up being a battle um in that that mountain base. Um it'll sort of like I think it'll be a lot like Scarif, where it's like nobody really knows what happened on Scarif. That's not like a a it's not like the Battle of Yavin or the Battle of Endor where it's like oh my god like can you believe what these rebels did i don't i don't think that the galaxy talks about the battle of scarif it's something that the empire like managed to hide pretty well um and it's just sort of like like one of those things that the rebels like talk about in hushed whispers of like we don't talk about that we don't talk about that day we lost almost everybody sort of thing it's like we almost lost it all if not for for princess leia basically right mm-hmm. um so yeah, like I like I think I think that it'll end up being a battle like that, where it's like, what what is the name of that base? I'm trying to remember. I I'll, can't I'll go back in the episode guides and see Mount if I can something find it, or other. Yeah, it is Mount something, and it's I don't uh, Tantis is the one from the heir to the empire stuff, right? I think that uh, is what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. The episode was more War Mantle, right? That's the one. Yeah. yeah the next two are on Camino. So War Mantle takes place on that planet. Um, yeah. Locations. Uh, where's the databank entries, guys? They're all the way down here. Darrow is the name of the planet. And it's just called Imperial Base on Darrow, according to the databank. But, but I think that it's, I think for us as like fans, it's meant to be. Because I think that Mount Tantis is from I. Uh, it's it's from the Heir to the Empire stuff, right? Yeah, I think so. And I could have sworn I'm not seeing it in the episode guide because I'm looking on the the StarWars.com yeah. like episode guide for that um, in the concept art gallery. But I could have sworn somewhere like I've seen a, a piece of concept art from that episode where it's got the mountain and it says like Mount Tantis on it. And it calls it Tantus. Interesting. Interesting. I yeah. I know. So. I mean, like I, I remember that we talked a lot about that at the time. Right. It's so funny. Cause it's like, well, that was just last season, but last season was almost two years ago. So it was like a decade uh, ago. It feels like. Yeah. Wikipedia has it listed as Mount Tantus. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I guess so. 
Mount Tantis first appeared in Star Wars canon. Oh, these ads. Fandom drives me nuts, you guys. Fandom.com. <laughs> it's like you try and read anything on this website, and it's just like, hey, you want to buy this thing? Hey, follow this thing on Instagram. Hey, do that. And it's like, mm-hmm. can you stop loading ads in, please? Oh, you know um, what it is? It wasn't It wasn't in the War Mantle episode. It was in the, um, the Camino Lost, the final episode of the season. Okay. It does say um, that yeah, here. Yeah, it uh, was first identified. Yeah, in in the corresponding yeah. episode guide for Camino Lost. Yeah, yeah. And the concept art. Okay, okay. So it is Mount Tantis, which is which originally appeared in Heir to the Empire. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, listen, guys, Battle of Mount Tantis. It sounds perfect, right? That sounds like <laughs> yeah. a Star Wars thing. That is uh, a star. Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I mean, like that. That's like a four. That's a four part arc. I, I, so yeah. the, the clones I think realize that the, at, but. the clones realize the empire wants to like oppress the galaxy with their new stormtrooper army. So they say, let's just go take out their base where they're training all these guys. Yeah. And I think that'll be like that, that will be, cause I don't think it'll happen this season. Obviously I think it's, I think we're probably like a couple seasons away from it. Um, but this is like a thing that we're going to build to, cause we have to build up, a clone rebellion first, right? We can't, it's, I don't know. I don't know if they'll get there that fast or if they'll like take their time with it and like build up resources and that sort of thing. I'd love to see Ahsoka come into play. I think it'd be interesting. I, this, this is my biggest thing. We have to find out what happened with Rex to make him, to make Rex, Gregor and Wolf decide that they were turning the back on the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the moment Rex is obviously like, let's go, like let's do it, right? Uh, he's ready for the fight, and at the point that we see him in Rebels, he's like, no, we're done. I, uh, I, and it takes some convincing. So something happened in between. I don't think that we're gonna see that this season. Uh, let's actually let's transition. Let's talk about that. And Joe, I'm very interested to hear your opinion on this. Uh, Echo leaving the group we've talked a lot about echo needing to like find his own character and find his own voice. I don't think this is what we had in mind. I hate it. And I love it. I hate it. And I love it because he, it's the uh, right thing for the story, but yeah, we're going to miss him. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, I don't think they're going to be separated that long. Like it's a matter of time at this point until the rest of the batch is, is back in the fight for real. I mean, you mentioned before that, Omega is seeing these very serious things herself as a kind of a uh, um, an avatar for us, right? Like yeah. she's she's realizing just how bad it is and her firsthand account of it. Like this, this this is all very deliberate. You're you're a hundred percent on the money with that. So, I yeah, I mean, because of the the analyst in me knows like this is a matter of time before they're back together mm-hmm. i'm not too worried i'm not too sad but like just in in the sense that like we really don't know ultimately what's going to happen with these characters there is the possibility that maybe there isn't the reunion that we would want there to be it might not be under the happiest of circumstances they're not around in Rebels. It's, it's it's Rex, Wolf, and Gregor. So who knows who makes it out alive? And and if they don't, if they do make it out alive, maybe not all of them do. And 
I don't know, but yeah, it it really does kind of go back to what we've been saying for I guess a season and a half now that we wanted Echo to be doing more stuff, and this is it. This is since season one, he's been saying, you know, this there's stuff that needs to get done. I think it was, I think it was the episode that they were on the uh, in the in the junkyard, right when when uh, Crosshair showed up and kind of ambushed them in like the the, the yeah. wrecked. Uh, Star Destroyer just before they were loading all that stuff up. I remember X saying to to Hunter, like, dude, this this isn't the real fight. This isn't what we're supposed to be doing. So they've been planting the seed for a long time. And it's nice that like, ooh, there's some actual concrete movement on that. So I'm really interested in seeing what this means for Rex as a character. We've spent a few episodes now not with the main batch. I'm hoping that means, you know, we are going to get a few episodes of seeing what Rex and Echo are up to um, before yeah. immediately bringing everyone back together. Because I, I really, I really want to see Echo shine as as a character instead of just like, you know, he's just been the voice of reason. He's been the guy that like, oh, we need something done. Echo will handle it. That's fine. Um, So this is exciting. Like, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen for him because if you're right i think it feels like a step in the right direction for that character yeah i i I think i think you could be right i think maybe having him and rex link up with gregor and wolf at some point and sort of like showing the story of how that sort of came to be and then and then echo eventually going back with the bad batch um but yeah it is it's a it's a it's a funny thing. Echo is such an interesting character because really like right from the beginning, he's always kind of been a character that's like, I don't know where I belong, which mm. is so antithetical to clone troopers. Cause I like what I was <laughs> just saying, like they've like got built in solidarity, but, but when we look at even their first appearance in rookies, uh, with that whole crew and then, um, uh, when we get like the flashback to their training and everything, there's always kind of like this thing of like of of that group, especially being feeling a little bit like outsiders. So it was like, Oh yeah, I've always felt like an outsider and now I'm a weird cyborg man. So I'm really an outsider and the bad batch are outsiders. So I'll go hang out with them. But now he's even like an outsider within the bad batch. So mm-hmm. he's like, well, Rex has this mission and this mission lines up with how I'm feeling right now. So I'm going to go with Rex. And it's like, it's all, he's just like kind of, he kind of just jumps from family to family. Um, not really having, I don't know, like, like I think that that aspect of him where it's like, he's got to kind of find an identity of his own. Um, and that might be the larger journey that Echo as a character is on beyond, you know, his usefulness to Bad Batch and his uh, uh, utility in the story. Right. Is that like for that individual character, he has to figure out, I think, finally figure out who he is at some point Mm -hmm. Um, because he's kind of defining himself by the company that he keeps, which is an interesting I mean, we would call that codependent, but (laughs) like psychologically (laughs) speaking. But are you codependent if you're all the same guy Mm -hmm. Uh, or are you just. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be very interesting if we see like a story with Rex, Echo, Gregor, Wolf, and Ahsoka. 
Right. Because it's very yeah, clear yeah. that Rex is working with Ahsoka right now. Like the like where we are in the timeline is like Ahsoka is 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 back in the in the mix because like the Martez sisters are a part of this, which means that Ahsoka is also a part of it, right? Right? Well, like, because Ahsoka didn't, like, introduce Rex to the Martez sisters in the final season, right? No. There's no, like... No, I don't think so. No. No, no Rex doesn't no appear in any of those episodes because yeah. he's with Anakin, right? Yeah. So, I something... think in season one they mention... There's some kind of connection in season one that's just kind of implied. Yeah. Well, they 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 know Rex in season one because um, in that episode where they're trying to steal like the old Separatist data spike or whatever, um, they end you know it's like they've got some mysterious contact and they, at the end of the episode you see that it's Rex and then right. it's the next that's couple episodes right. when Rex shows okay. up. I, yeah. Okay. I guess Ahsoka could still be in hiding right like she could we were maybe not at the point of her tales of the jedi episode yet because that could have happened immediately following the clone wars immediately following order 66 right is that like if the martez sisters at the beginning in season one which is which is within a year after order 66 already know who rex is then yeah i guess that that connection is already there um so maybe ahsoka is not in it yet but i hope that we do see her i like i i think that we will i i i would be surprised if we don't i don't think that we'll see her this season necessarily but but um but then again like i'm not going to count it out because of the fact that her show is also this year so yeah you know it's uh it's it's within the realm of possibility but uh yeah i'd like to see ahsoka hanging out with echo and you know, that's what the Jedi are good for when in terms like in relation to the clones is like kind of helping them on their uh, spirit journeys, uh, uh, being their being their guides in that mm-hmm. respect. So we could see it. Or another Jedi. There might be another Jedi who survived, you know, uh, possibly. Which would, which I mean, I think obviously fun. seeing seeing Rex and Ahsoka together again would probably make the most sense and have her be you yeah. know, one of his contacts that he's working with and stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I wonder, you know, you're right. They might not go that direction yet because when he says like, I've got things in the works and I have people that I'm talking to, I wonder if that's, if it's Ahsoka, if it's Bail Organa, if it's just other clones, like maybe Wolf and Gregor that are kind of growing in their disillusionment like he is, or that, that kind of know already what's going on. Um, so it could just be one or two of those people. It could be, you know, a lot of them, but that's why I agree with you, Joe. I think we should like now that, uh, Echo is going off with Rex. I hope we get one or two episodes throughout the rest of the season where we just focus on the two of them and see, uh, you know, what are they up to? What's that storyline? Because um, again, if this is leading up to, you know, some big battle and clone rebellion and whatever, like, I think that's going to be a big part of it. And I would much rather at least get one episode where we kind of see their side of things and and who Rex is talking to and sort of what he's building rather than just have an episode where it's like the bad batch surrounded by a bunch of stormtroopers and then suddenly like Rex yeah. and Echo and an entire clone army show up out of nowhere. Um and I think we could get some really interesting, you know, side stories there that are kind of deviating from uh, you know, just the main bad batch stuff. But like you said, we've already had a couple of a couple of the best episodes so far this season haven't had the bad batch in them. So I don't mind them sort of continuing that trend yeah i want to see rex and echo 
look into this clone assassin deal because that was yeah. like what is this about and then i also want to see them start springing the clones that are you know under arrest i want them to find cody i want them to uh get uh hauser out of jail i want to mm-hmm. see i want to see that stuff coming together so that when it comes time for that uprising there's already like enough of a snowball uh, enough of a snowball there to roll down the hill and like build more and more and more um i yeah, really want i want to see that form yeah i really want to get to the point where we see cuz the bad batch didn't i i would love this as like a i like just a a thematic thing sort of like visual storytelling of like when the the clone wars were happening the bad batch were like even as much as the clones in the in in the army were sort of individuals and had their you know their their paint schemes and you know uh, different hairstyles and whatever they were all still kind of like the clones right and there were still a lot of shinies and in all white uniforms and stuff I want to see Echo and Rex and whatever is happening. They go off, they start building their clone rebellion and we leave that. And then we go back to the bad batch. And then at some point the bad batch goes to join Echo and Rex, not really understanding what's going on. Like only kind of like we've heard like murmurs of like, Oh, they're, they're organizing some sort of a clone rebellion and get there and expect like, a room full of the same guy. Right. Which is what, what, you know, it's like, Oh, well, it, it, I heard that they've got like 350 clone troopers, uh, all organized and like, they're all getting ready for this assault or whatever. And they show up and everybody just looks like a different person, right? Like they're all, mm. and all of a sudden the bad bash are no longer on the outside. Mm. Now they're all, the bad huge i like right Hmm. like like just because because i really i think about the way that rex looks in this he doesn't have his armor he's he's in this like his uh i don't know his uh, space luge outfit uh whatever that is (laughs) he looks like he's driving nascar but uh i i like he's even more than when he had his own gear and his own kit as Captain Rex, he is like very much his own person right now, right? For the first time. And so there's like this, you know, as we, as we've seen the Bad Batch, like sort of switch up their outfits and become even more individual than they were before um, and have those accents and those flair, those elements of flair, except for tech who continues to just dress exactly the same as he did before with a couple of bits of blue paint on him. Um, but uh, it's like his outfit's almost identical. I, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, like like I want to see that with the other clones. I want to see everybody be like Cut Laquane, sort of thing, and like come back and it's like, well, look, they're all so different now. They don't it, they to the point where it's like they're they don't look like clones. They just look like a bunch of Mandalorians, right? Um, because I think that that's important for Mando. If I if if Mando is going this season of Mandalorian, I think will be sort of the final indicator whether or not we're going to get what I hope we're going to get the purpose of the story of the Mandalorian, which I think is to be, you know, like like the restoration of Mandalore. Right. Um, And uh, I want to see a roundtable with like different Mandalorians representing the different 
groups this different like disparate sects of Mandalore, right? So you've got like Din Djarin as their King Arthur with Excalibur, and then you've got like Bo Katan representing the Night Owls, and you would have like uh Paz Vizla as like the Night Watch or Night uh, the Death Watch uh guys and uh I you know I I want to see Omega. That's like I want to see Omega be the one representing the clones. <laughs> as like she's the leader of like the clones that are left at this point like she is their um she's their their monarch or you know like their leader i i would also love to see that like all of those relationships that the clone troopers go off and have uh you know in the various parts of the galaxy um what kind of uh what kind of a, 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 a knock-on effect that has and what that culture starts to look like if there are clone troopers out there and there's a bunch of Tamura Morrisons procreating with all sorts of people, uh, <laughs> creating a whole new like tribe of Mandalorians, right? Like a whole new clan. Um, I think that like, I, I think that would be really cool. That's what I want to see. And I want to see them lay the groundwork for that in this. So that we could see, oh man, how rad would it be if in an episode of Mandalorian or even in Book of Boba Fett, Volume Two or whatever, that I, uh, I at some point we we meet back up with Omega and we see all of these and like we just get a scene of like a bunch of really old Tamura Morrison's <laughs> that all look they're all Tamura Morrison but they all look different and they're all and it's like just to like sync up and you know maybe Wrecker's still alive or hunter or i don't know who who's your money on it like i think that omega is an easy one to survive through because she's unaltered right she's the same as as boba so she'll be aged about as much as boba has aged i but of the bad batch who would you want to see who who do you not not who would you want to but who do you think would make it through and be like old man captain rex hmm I don't know. Honestly, for me, like, I just want to see Rex in the Ahsoka series. Like, as far yeah. as seeing old clones in live action, like, that's kind of all I'm focused on right now. I don't want to see any of the Bad Batch show up in live action until the Bad Batch series is done. Um, hmm. Because I want them to just kind of be free to tell their own story and then not have to be like, oh, well, we have to make this link up now with this thing that happened in the live action show if we're going to, like, go on for two more seasons. I feel like that might be kind of limiting unless they already have like an overall plan for it right now um but yeah i don't know that's maybe that's just me um i like it would be cool to see omega in in live action at some point but at the same time i'm like let them finish telling her story now um like i kind of feel the same way about like you know cal kestis and people being like oh i want to see you know the jedi fallen order characters in live action i'm like give me like a good trilogy of games first and let them just tell the stories they want to tell and then maybe have them start popping up in other places so um, yeah, I'm kind of just enjoying the ride with them where they're at right now. But I guess if I had to pick one to maybe show up as an old guy, I think I would want to see Wrecker because if we're going to see Omega, I feel like her and Wrecker have like the tightest connection. So I'd want to see like yeah. middle-aged Omega taking care of Grandpa Wrecker. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree with Kyle in the sense that like, I feel like a, a lot of these shows 
lose a little bit of the tension when we know that their characters who show up later are alive. Like, mm. So if we yeah, know that, point. like, oh, Wrecker's here or Hunter's here or whoever, well, we know that they're going to be fine. And I think that was my biggest gripe watching Clone Wars back in the day is every time, oh, Padme's captured again. I wonder what's going to happen to her. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Ahsoka, like there were plenty of characters like Ahsoka Rex that we didn't know at the time. But even after a while, Ahsoka, we knew because it's going to be fine. She shows up in Rebels, so she's nothing's going to happen to her in season seven of the Clone Wars. So when Order 66 happens and all this stuff, we know she's alive, that we know Anakin doesn't kill her. So it's just like little like th- that always kind of like takes the wind out of my sails a little bit on that kind of stuff. But. That said, the novelty of seeing these animated characters has not gotten boring for me uh, in in seeing them in live action. Because, like, I think back to Rogue One, and I remember being so excited, like, oh, my God, a Clone Wars character is going to be in live action. I don't care about Saw Gerrera that much, but, like, I'm hyped as hell that a Clone Wars character is going to be in live action Star Wars. That's crazy. Now we're getting like Ahsoka, Bogatan. I think Rex is really like the only one at this point that will shatter my world if it happens in a good way, in a good way. Um, but like it still hasn't worn off for me. So if I do have to give you an answer, I would actually go tech. I feel like tech would be the smart one who would always stay one step ahead of the empire and manage to always figure it out. Yeah. And I would really like to see tech over time. uh, Maybe not so much show more emotion because he's just, you know, the the character that he is. But I would like to see him develop a lot more so that he has a tighter relationship with uh, Omega. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Let me let me pitch because I I I feel like I kind of agree. Tech would be the most interesting one to show up. I think, but I think you're also right, Kyle. Like, I think Wrecker is the one that makes the most sense. But, but I do think that that Tech is the one that would be like, well, how that happened? How is <laughs> Tech the one that that managed to make it through? Um, and and I'll tell you who I would want to play Tech. I want Daniel Logan to uh, like put him in like old man hmm. makeup next to Tamura Morrison as Boba Fett. And I like it. And Tamura Morrison is Captain Rex. Like, have those three characters on screen. But, like, by having it be Daniel Logan, it's a thing of, like, wait a second. Because I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of Daniel Logan recently, but, like, as he gets older, it's like, wow, you guys nailed this casting. Because <laughs> yeah. as he gets older, he looks more and more like Tamura Morrison. Like, mm-hmm. they look related. Um, so it would be a thing of like putting them side by side, having them talk to each other would be this great, obviously nod to all of us. But then also this thing of like, well, yeah, of course he looks a little bit different. He's one of the bad batch. Right. They yeah, are genetically different. Right. Like uh, cool. it would be this perfect, like without having to like do something weird CG to Tamara Morrison's face, you, you'd be able to just like have them side by side talking to each other. You'd save a lot of money. I like, listen, Dave, John, you guys can use this idea. Just give me like a, 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 I don't know, a a writing credit. 
it's fine. I, I, it's, I'll, 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 you don't even need to pay me. Whatever the, whatever the, 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 the guild rules are, it's, it's fine. I'll take, I'll take the lowest amount of pay possible. Um, yeah, I, that would be, that to me would be the way that you would execute that is just to like have Daniel Logan and Tamara Morrison talk to each other on screen. Uh, and it would just be like, wow, this is really weird because they're like, they're the same guy, but they're not the same guy. And it's like, yeah, now you understand who the Bad Batch were <laughs> for like the live action audience who doesn't watch any of the animated stuff. It would be like this instant thing of like, wait, what's his deal? And then you have somebody explain it really briefly of like, well, the Bad Batch were like genetically modified, like deviant versions of the Django clone. And it's like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he looks a little bit different. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and yeah, you would just put like big goggle, like Coke bottle glasses on, on, uh, Daniel Logan and give him a beard or something like that. That's make him look older, uh, with some makeup or whatever. And I don't know. Or you know what I would do? The more that I think about this, I would, I would, uh, I would like make him blind just to like, keep the thing with the oh, eyes. Interesting. <laughs> But just like have him just like totally like like he's still sharp as attack, but he's also not there. Like he's not present with everybody else because he can't see um, and just have him like sort of like living inside his own mind. I, I And so it's like he's useful. He's he's still he's still a contributing member, but um, but isn't the same as just to make it just to make those characters that much different. Right. Um, yeah, that'd be really cool. Just like visually, because you'd be taking, you'd be taking the glasses, and you'd be like pushing it to the next level, right? Of like, oh, so like Tech had to wear glasses, obviously because of like like the genetic differences or whatever. So he had the glasses. Although it's like, are the glasses just part of like his technology thing? It's like, or were they actually something that he needed? And eventually his eyes have deteriorated to the point where the glasses aren't, don't even do anything. Right. And he's just like, I, like, I sort of think of his eyes like, like, uh, like Jordy LaForge in, uh, uh, like the early seasons of next gen when he takes his visor off and he just kind of has like those, they're just kind of like almost like all white, um, uh, irises. I, I, yeah, and he's just kind of like looking off into the distance. I don't know if Daniel Logan can pull that off. It's a bit of a there's a lot of challenge acting wise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I, but I'd like to see him try. I'd like to. I I would give him the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> so the ball's in your court, Dave. You, you you know, Dave, you know where to find me. Tracy's got my <laughs> contact information. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Cool. I. I mean, is there anything else specifically in this episode that we wanted to talk about, about these two? We've talked about a lot of, I think we've covered pretty much everything. I did want to go back real quick to the uh, the Palpatine stuff at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Because you talked, Mike, about, you know, just sort of his his motives and his, um, you know, planning and, and all this kind of stuff. And it ends on a note where I think it's like Hunter or maybe Echo says something like, man, like we thought we were winning, but like we played into Palpatine's hands all along. Like this is what he wanted. Um, and I feel like my interpretation was a little bit different. Like, I don't feel like Palpatine's plan was like the Bad Batch stealing this data because if they didn't do that, I think Rampart's vote would have gone through anyways and they would have gotten the Stormtroopers. And so I think this is Palpatine just kind of like, adapting to the situation because i feel like you know for him to 
control everything as well as he does and to, you know, be in the position that he's in. Obviously, he's a master planner. He's a master manipulator. He's good at bending things to his will. But I also think he's gotten a little bit lucky at times. I mean, you think about some things from the movies or the Clone Wars or whatever, where they were like, you know, so close, one thing gone differently, and it could have upended his whole thing. But I think he also has to be very good at improvising and thinking on the fly and taking advantage of opportunities in certain situations. And so I think by them bringing this evidence to light and exposing the plot, I think like maybe he had thought this out ahead of time and it was like his backup plan. Um, but to just throw Rampart under the rug and say, oh, look, yeah, you caught him. He's guilty, but so are all the clones. And so this is why we need stormtroopers. Like, I don't know. I think it was it like, for me, it almost works even better to not say like, oh, this is what he wanted all along. But like, we beat him and yet he turned, he still found a way to even turn that against us and, and turn our victory into a defeat or twist it into a way to still get what he wanted in the end. And that's just what makes Palpatine such a great, villain and a great you know just sort of force to be reckoned with of just you know scheming and manipulation like you can't outthink this guy i Um, mean i think i think we're i think we're essentially saying the same thing but i'm looking at it from the perspective of what yoda says in empire strikes back when um when luke is like i had a vision and 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 yoda's like yeah you saw you saw the future and and luke's like so like can i do anything about about it like what's going to happen to them and yoda says it's difficult to see always in motion is the future that's that's the way that he explains it to luke and what i've always maybe not always but like sort of just just over the last few years really thought about with palpatine is that it's not that palpatine was able to plan out everything that was going to happen and know that, you know, this character, because otherwise he's infallible. And then like Vader defeating him in return of the Jedi doesn't make any sense. Ray defeating him in rise of Skywalker doesn't make any sense. Right. Like he'd be able to see it coming, but that um, his ability to divinate, right. To see the future is just that much stronger than, than, like we know that certain force users are better at certain things than others. Right. And there are certain skills Mm -hmm. that some have that others don't. Um, I think that, that Palpatine had a very particular penchant for being able to um, like not know exactly what was going to happen, but to know many of the potential paths. And so he was able to prepare for multiple outcomes so i don't think that he knew specifically that the bad batch and rex were going to steal this data but i do think that he foresaw a future where rampart is discovered right Mm -hmm. and that like because otherwise like like why is he down there right at right at the exact right moment right he has to have had some sort of advanced knowledge of what's going on before it happens. I mean, like it, maybe they just informed him that the data was stolen um, just in time for him to get there. But I like to think that, that he's sort of like sitting in his uh, throne room in the, in what was once the, uh, the Jedi temple and is now his palace. Right. And he's just like seeing all of these outcomes and goes, Oh, Oh, interesting. Rampart's about to be like, they're about to uncover what he did on Camino. And then in the, like, like very quickly goes, okay, so we're going to go with plan F six, 
right? Like, like, like he's already figured out. He already knows what he's going to say in the event that somebody uncovers Rampart's part in all of this. Right. And so it's just like, he's, he's just like ready to go. He's like, okay, cool. I like, I know what I'm going to say. Bring it up. <laughs> like, like hit the button mass. We're good to go. Like, and then they pop out and he's like, let me tell you about how it's going to be good for me to have soldiers <laughs> up in your grills all the time. Um, yeah. Cause don't forget there was that scene just before the session started where they're, you know, uh, Chuchi and, and Omega are walking through the hallway and past Rampart. And then Massa Meta shows up and is like, Hey, you better make this vote work. Otherwise it's your ass basically is what he yeah, said. To her. Yeah. Like this is happening with or without you. So yeah. they, the Palpatine already knew what was, I mean, maybe not specifically, that the Bad Batch got the data, but like Palpatine knew one way or another, this is going to go in my favor. And if I have to step on Rampart to do it, I'm ready yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, had, so yeah. He, had, I think he, he had multiple, multiple different outcomes that yeah. he was like, I'm going to get what I want either way. And I think, and I think furthermore to that, his, his scheme in Star Wars Rebels with the world between worlds and trying to get Ezra to unlock that for him is, is I think like uh, it's probably honestly, that's probably where I started on the path of like thinking of, of Palpatine's precognition as a thing that is not as precise as we used to think that it was. Cause I think like back in the day we cause, cause it's what he says, right? It was what he says in return of the Jedi. It's like, everything is, is a, 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 whatever happening proceeding as, I, as I have foreseen proceeding as I have foreseen. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so I think that we all kind of looked at that and took him on. A, A, we believed Palpatine, which I don't think we should ever do. I think we should <laughs> always be suspicious of every word that comes out of his mouth. When he says to Ray, you're my granddaughter, I don't trust that. I, I And maybe that's just wishful thinking. But it's like, maybe from a certain point of view, but not 100%. Um you know, like it's Star Wars. The things change. The story is fluid. It shifts. Um, hopefully, <laughs> if we're lucky. I but I I yeah. Like like he says that, and so we all kind of took that at face value. But then in Star Wars Rebels, he's like, I really need access to the world between worlds because if I had access to the world between worlds, I'd be able to see everything, right? Like like then he'd really have the power that he craves. Um, the question is whether or not he ever gets access to the world between worlds, which is one of those things whenever people are like, oh, but they could just use the world between worlds in the future, in, in future stuff. It's like, well, we don't know what's happened. We don't know what's happened between the time that Ezra was in there and, and, uh, whatever we're talking about, let's say Ben Solo. And there might be some story to tell there. Maybe Palpatine eventually did manage to get himself into the world between worlds. Maybe it's Cal Kestis's fault. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, I'm just, I'm just making up a story right now. I have no reason to believe that, but like, wouldn't that be an interesting story of like, <laughs> try and tell the story of like Ben Solo coming back from the world between worlds. Uh, and, uh, in there he discovers that like, oh, Palpatine's in here. This is how he does it. This is how he comes back all the time. This is how like the, and to have him like maybe even still be in there after rise of Skywalker and then have Ben Solo actually defeat him would be cool. But, uh, 
I'm just writing fan fiction at this point. I, <laughs> I, but I, somebody else who has like the time and the talent, uh, go write the fan fiction that I just I, I gave the summary of. I just gave like the back the the back of the book <laughs> description of that novel. <laughs> Somebody go write it. Cal Kestis did something during the rebellion era and Palpatine was able to get into the world between worlds and that's how he's able to transfer his essence post return of the Jedi because he's simultaneously always everywhere because he's in the world between worlds, which is outside of time or inside of time. It depends on how you look at it. I, I, yeah, go for it, everybody. I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle, because so that I could get off on that tangent. Well, there uh, you go. Always happy yeah. to give you an avenue to try to fix Rise of Skywalker. But um, <laughs> one day, the, the one, one other day. one other one thing day we'll do to... it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one other thing I wanted to bring up too, just talking about uh, you know, sort of Ramparts fall. And uh, him, you know, just kind of taking the fall for all this and, and Palpatine just discarding him, which I kind of love. Like, it was kind of anticlimactic because I know I think we were all hoping to, like, see him get taken down in this clone rebellion and, you know, finally get the, the clones, you know, get to get their revenge on this guy that's been, you know, messing with him so much. But also it's so perfectly fitting for these guys like Krennic and and Rampart who are like so ambitious and thinking that they're all that when really you're just a cog in Palpatine's plans and like you're never really going to get anywhere. Um, and and to just kind of be like humbled and have a reminder of that where like he can throw you away just as easily like you're disposable in all this. Um, but it creates this interesting thing where now like you have Rampart being publicly humiliated and you have Palpatine going before the whole Senate saying like, hey, you know, we can't trust the clones anymore. Like, yes, Rampart destroyed Kamino, but the clones were complicit in this as well. So we're going to get rid of them and usher in this age of the Imperial Stormtrooper. So where does this leave Crosshair in all this? Um, mm-hmm. You know, his his boss is now in jail or dead or you know maybe reassigned or something but like clearly he's not going to be working for rampart the way that he was before um and it's like if you needed any further proof that you don't have a place in the future of the empire palpatine just gave it to you in front of the entire senate so is this finally gonna be a wake-up call for him or is the um you know that other clone assassin that we saw that was working for rampart um you know is that maybe an indicator of where crosshair's future is headed that maybe he's going to be completely like stripped of his agency and you know continue to be under the empire but just as a a tool and a weapon and nothing else because clearly they don't see the value of um having these clones as people anymore so i'm really interested to see where his journey goes next and how he reacts to uh you know all these developments that we saw in these two episodes cuz it like we didn't see him in these these episodes but i'm like I couldn't help but think of that at the end. Just like, how is this going to affect him going forward? So the next episode is titled the crossing. <laughs> so part of that title contains part of his name. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, in this next one uh, and find out maybe what is going on with crosshair. We have to, at some point this season, find out what's going on with crosshair. Right. But yeah, yeah. so I think you've brought up some really good points, um, but I don't really have any, I don't know. Do we think? Do we think that Crosshair? Because I think obviously, the the clone being a sniper was a misdirect, and we were meant to question whether or not that was going to be Crosshair yeah. underneath that helmet, right? Um, do you guys think that Crosshair 
trained that clone that wherever those that clone and whatever other clone assassins might be out there wherever they're coming from that that's crosshair like that crosshair is behind that because i think that that might be what it's pointing at is that like because they kind of made it seem like oh there's something bigger going on here this clone trooper isn't like the other clone troopers he doesn't have a number like he's like it's like there's something weird here and it's Mm -hmm. like could there be one more batch of clones and like they're fully brainwashed in some way and i i and crosshair is like training them and that's why this guy like was basically operating under crosshair's mo but without his level of skill yeah it's possible um because it's also you know it's been a while since we've seen him so I feel like that would kind of be a big jump, but also if like, I feel like it's been long enough that we've seen him that they could kind of fill in that backstory and be like, Oh yeah, since we last saw crosshair and before rampart got taken down, he instituted this program of, you know, these brainwashed clone assassins and had crosshair training them all or something like that. So, Hmm. um, yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. There is only one thing that I want to see involving crosshair. I want him to join Delta Squad so badly. <laughs> I, there's no rhyme or reason to why, but we got Scorch last season. We saw him in the trailer for this season. We're going to see Scorch again. Put them together, please. Any god that will listen to me, please put them together. I'm begging. I, I want I mean... it so bad. I want him to to take Seb's spot. If we're never going to if we're never going to get Imperial Commando the game, Bring back Delta Squad, please. This is perfect. This we got a clone trooper rebel yeah. rebellion brewing. Have them on the other side of it. I don't care which side they're on. I just want to see them fighting together. That would be amazing. So the remaining episodes, and we've got about what is? It? I guess we've got six weeks left, right? We've got this upcoming week one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. We have seven weeks left of episodes because the two episodes, the last two episodes, are a two-parter. Um, the titles for them are "The Crossing," "Retrieval," "Metamorphosis," "The Outpost," "Pabu," "Tipping Point," and then the two-parter, "The Summit" and "Plan 99." Now, I don't know. Maybe we are going back to Mount Tantis because the summit mm, sounds an awful lot like something involving mm-hmm. a mountain. So, yeah. um, may- maybe that that assault on Mount Tantis is happening sooner than I expect, but. Um, tipping point, I feel like is, uh, that could also be referring to crosshair, um, and what's going on with him. I, this is the really interesting part with how many people have access to the episodes up until 14, up until tipping point, there are rumors out there about certain things. Again, just so you guys are clear, I have not watched the episodes. I, I, for this very reason so that we can speculate properly without me having to just say, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, but there are rumors out there. We've, we've talked about them off of there and I don't want to talk about them here in case people don't want to be spoiled, <clears throat> but there are rumors about certain characters, maybe hopefully showing up. And I, I, if, if crosshair, 
uh, like flipping back to the good guys was going to happen this season. I feel like there would also be rumors about that circulating around and I haven't heard mm. anybody say anything about that. So, but like I look at a title like tipping point and go, could that be referring to crosshair? But, but then I, I think go, that could be bad batch finally joining the fight. Yeah. That could be the one where Sid dies. Right. Like, cause that's, mm, that's my prediction yeah. for this season is that that's what's coming. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, we could speculate all day, but we've got another episode coming. Uh, as people listen to this, it'll be coming uh, tonight at midnight. I, I Wait, also tomorrow at mid. Oh, as, listening yeah, to this, as yeah. people are listening to this, cause this will go live on Tuesday. We're recording on Monday. Right, right. Um, but I, but also, uh, you guys won't have to wait too long to hear what we have to say about it because we are changing our recording schedule. So we have been recording on Mondays, which is almost a full week after the episode <laughs> airs. And we're actually going to switch that. We're going to do like the opposite of that. We're actually going to start recording on Wednesday nights, the day that the episode comes out. So um, I, yeah, I mean, like you guys are getting two episodes this week. Uh, you'll you'll get another episode in your feed on Thursday. So look forward to that. Um, it'll be a little bit more timely. And I think maybe I think maybe I'll speak for myself. I might be a little bit more on point because I'll just have watched the episode and I won't have yeah, to refresh my sure. memory so much. But I but yeah, I I we just sort of were feeling like uh, or at least I was. And then you guys are going along with it that I that that having the full almost the full week it's like it made the problem is that it's a holdover from when the episodes were on friday right like it used to make a lot of sense the episode was on friday you watch it either friday saturday or sunday and then come back and record on monday and it was fine it was still fresh um we just had the weekend to get through but now it's like it's on wednesday so i so look forward to that we're gonna have the episodes coming out on thursdays from now on uh for the rest of the season and uh yeah and then and then i don't know what joe we got to talk about what we're gonna do because we got like let's look at the calendar we got like two three weeks left oh my goodness mando starts in two weeks you guys (laughs) and joe (laughs) you and i we're gonna be talking about mando and bad batch for uh like five of those weeks i guess my goodness yeah so lots to look forward to everybody uh march is gonna be bananas um but uh but it should be fun so yeah i think that's it that's it for this episode i because we got to wrap it up but i i and 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 anything anything to say as we close out these two uh awesome mid-season episodes i do want to give a real quick shout out before we wrap up to kevin kiner and the music team for the Mm. soundtrack on these episodes Mm. that was absolutely fantastic the way they worked in the bad batch theme and like the clone theme from clone wars and especially the ending scene where echo leaves like by that point i kind of had a feeling he was going to leave but the soundtrack alone like really hit me in the feels for that scene so that was probably some of the best some of the best soundtrack work on bad batch so far too yeah, on that note, I'll also I know I shouted out Joel Aaron and the 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 technical animation team last week with the fire thing. Um, Clone Conspiracy had some of the best lighting I have ever seen in animation. <laughs> it was there was a moment I tweeted and there there was a moment where I was like, "Are you kidding me?" With 
um just like the the realism of the lighting even in this like very stylized animated space it was just like they they just continually crank it up to the next level every episode is another opportunity for them to to uh stretch this technology even further which i just think is such an amazing accomplishment um and it's, it's in terms of like being true to the vision that George had for star Wars, for Lucasfilm, for ILM and for Lucasfilm animation. I think that out of anybody at, at Lucasfilm that, that that team is carrying on that legacy better than anybody there. They just like, it's a TV show with not the biggest audience and they, but they push it. They use this as an opportunity to push that technology every single week and that lighting is as good as anything that i've seen in any pixar movie in any dreamworks animation like anything like that lighting was unbelievable so um yeah i mean like i think i think that everybody was firing on all cylinders for these two episodes i think they knew how important it was and it's and they they probably put a little bit extra time and attention into it but but yeah those two things for sure it's good to shut them out well, um, I am going to take the wind out of your sails a little bit because I have two complaints about these episodes. Okay. Tiny, 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 tiny nitpicks. Number one, Philomar, I don't know why you gave Bail Organa such a thick Hispanic accent. Jimmy Smith does not talk like that. That was a little yeah. jarring for me. And It was, uh, a, it was odd. Yeah. 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 It was like, oh, I feel okay. like he's been doing that for a while, though. Like, at least recently in Tales of the Jedi, I noticed that, too. So... It didn't bother yeah, me didn't particularly in this episode, but yeah, it's just one of those weird things. I uh, I gotta go back and look at that again. Um, and then the other thing was, boy, Senator Chuchi, when someone is assassinating people for knowing too much, maybe you shouldn't go tell the person who's having them assassinated that you know that they're having people assassinated. Maybe that was a dumb <laughs> idea. Then immediately the assassin came and killed your informant and almost killed you too. That was a very silly thing to do. Yeah. 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 Listen. All right. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. You are 100% correct. <laughs> That's it. Other than that, I love it. amazing episodes, but I had yeah. to get them off my chest. Okay. Uh, Sorry, guys. Cool. Well, <laughs> nope. It's all good. It's I'm all good. Cheery, Just end nope. on a downer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I liked the episodes, even though Joe hated them so much. I mean, clearly. I, I, Kyle and I loved them. So. Uh, so you still listen, even though Joe is just the worst. Uh, Kyle's just over here <laughs> drumming the uh, banging the uh, Knights of the Old Republic drum all episodes. Yeah, well, <laughs> ridiculous! Oh my god! Hey, they didn't come oh, any yeah. any Kotor Easter eggs for me to talk about. So, I, I, <laughs> not my fault. Yeah, Mike good. doesn't know a spider from a kinraf. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's I don't. <laughs> I cool. That is it for this week. Before we get off on a whole other thing, I, I that is it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Joe and Kyle, for joining me as always. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back later this week with another episode for uh, for the crossing. So thanks for listening. Looks like Bad Batch is blasting off again. Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. 
You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more.